Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Recently, Wes Bays and I were blessed to have a conversation and pick the brain of the one and only world champion, Stephen Tierney, that transitioned to an entrepreneur, author, and father and dedicated to helping salespeople become elite. You're probably thinking to yourself, that's a hell of a transition. It is, but it's not that difficult or complex as people sometimes maybe think. Some of the things you'll learn in today's episode is the mental game and how to bulletproof your mind by prospecting and mastering a game of hunting, pitching your deals like a pro would, and how to overcome every objection you get. And if you're skilled enough and you take the time to hone in on your craft, you can be able to jump ahead of the objection before it even comes up. Over the last 25 years, Stephen has been hired globally by business owners, CEOs, and sales leaders to increase the performance of their sales teams and managers. He has a very unique way of going about doing this and doing this very effectively with executive coaching, psychology, and sports psychology, NLP, hypnosis. Steven is an expert on the psychology of persuasion and influence. So calling all sales leaders, you might want to pay attention to this episode. Stand by for a quick message from Wes Bays, our co-host. And let's dive right into today's show. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Help me in welcoming Stephen Tierney to the show. Stephen, welcome. Welcome. Thanks, Wes. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's going on, man? You doing all right? Um, very well, thank you. Very well. Happy That's to be good. here. Good. Yeah, uh, I was saying to Wes just before that this is the relaxing part of my day, the fun part, because I've just came from a, a household full of women. You know, I've got three daughters <laughs> under 13, so you can imagine. <laughs> this is like meditation. It's like, it like, oh, my, like, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll do this any day. I'll do it any Saturday day. or anything you want. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Absolutely, man. So for the most part, I guess we can go get started with, because I know that we have, you know, a different conversation. We talked about, about the mentality that it takes to be, you know, a top performer when it comes to sales or in business, that winning yeah. mentality. But it also comes back, stemmed from your background. I mean, you being a professional snooker player, for those who don't know what snooker is, it's just like pool, but it's just a really long game and all the, all the balls are the same color. For those, <laughs> for if you're not in the UK and everyone's in the US, I've, I learned this by experience because I actually went to go shoot pool once, Stephen, here yeah. in England. Yeah. I think I told you something, that story. And I went there and they were like, this is pool. I was like, this is not pool. This is, I don't know what the <laughs> hell this is, but that's a really long game. And it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of, you know, yeah. develop well, something well, like that. Some people call it the, if pool is the checkers, then um, <clears throat> snooker's the chess. Yeah, that's cool stuff. So tell our listeners a little bit more in depth on how you got kind of started of, into that 
that type of mindset mentality at the beginning and you had to transform yeah. that and went into in your story a little bit and going into business now. Sure, sure. So, so I had been playing snooker since I was four years old. Um, right. My dad got me into it when I was a kid. And I was actually pretty successful as a junior. I was winning little tournaments here, there, you know, all around Scotland and really enjoying it because when you're between the ages of like eight and, and uh, 14, you don't have a care in the world, you know, no, you're just you coming up and enjoying, you know, doing this. Uh, and um, that progressed through life. You know, I left um, school and uh, worked part-time in a few different sales jobs, but then decided they opened up snooker to actually, you could pay for your pro ticket. So years ago, you had to apply for it by showing them titles and things like that. So I had the whole family would chip in and, and uh, you know, collect the money to get me to turn professional. And so I turned professional, uh, I think it was around about uh, when I was 20, 19, 20. And um, then I played on and off professionally for about five years. But interestingly, I was never very strong mentally at that stage of my life um, when it came to the, the professional sport. And I would be doing all the things that I know now in hindsight is a wonderful thing, but all the things wrong that you could ever um, do wrong when you're uh, trying to break through in, in sport. And so I, I ended up giving it up in the, in the year 2000 uh, professionally. I was um, in the world championship actually. And I was in the first round of the world championship in the, I think it was the Newport exhibition center in Wales. My friends were in the front row and I just didn't want to be there. Right. You know, I did not want to be there. And so there's something you lost, really, really... A, you lost a passion for it or? Yeah, there was no passion there whatsoever. And I believe that I, I may, may have been playing it, you know, for a couple of years up to that for, for my father. Oh, wow. or, or for the wow. point that not, not so much my father, but I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can imagine, it's the only thing that I knew. It's, um, like, a Michael, it's like a Michael Jordan story, Wes. Very similar. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't have the same ending though. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so interestingly, I um, decided to give it up. It was too much pain. And my father says, look, why don't you just give it up? You know, give it up and move on to something else. And, and so I started, I didn't know, it left this big black hole. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, my mum was sitting there one day and she says, well, why don't you go into sales? You've got the gift of the gap. Right. You know, and, right. And, and, and for those of the listeners, you know, the gift of the gap in Scotland is you, you can talk. You know, yes. you, um, so <clears throat> I said, okay, give it a shot. Um, but what I did do when I left snooker was what fascinated me was how weak I was mentally. Mm. Um, and so I started going on this study, um, a hell of a lot easier when you're older to go back to school and study stuff that you're really different. interested yeah, in. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Like and so, different. um, started studying psychology, went back to um, school for that and then started studying sports psychology um and then hypnosis and then nlp neuro-linguistic programming and then got into right. tony robbins and uh, you know the self-development stuff and really really delved into it deeply was mm-hmm. passionate about it um meanwhile i'm in sales and so i started applying these things to sales mm-hmm. you know the mindset the focus the setting the intentions and um it started to work you know, I was being, you know, really good. And people thought I was naturally gifted at talking, but I was working at my game. Right, you know, I right. was really mastering it because I didn't see it at the time as mastering your craft. What I saw it was I had a real interest in all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just applying it to my sales roles and getting really, really good results. Right. And so I ended up 
moving up the sales ladder from, you know, just on the phones as a salesperson to a team leader to um, running call center in Scotland and then actually moving up to um, sales trainer. Um, and that's where I found my passion. So it was actually started working with um, salespeople and seeing them get the results was um, where I knew I had found something that I absolutely loved. And uh, yeah, so, so the, the, the sport, you know, thing didn't work out, but I think that's made me, I guess, into the person that I am now, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it put me on that journey to studying the power of the mind. Right. Can you, for the listeners a little bit, what do you think that the top traits and the things that you took from the sport and that mentality and transferred over into business for the listeners? Because I know that a lot of people, I mean, it's easy to say that, yeah, you take your mentality, but what are some specific traits and things that you learned growing up and then developed into sport and then stuck and doing very well and then kind of like losing your passion a little bit, but yeah. what, can, what are some of the things can you take and transfer over? Sure. So, so I, I'll actually lead in with that with a story. There was, um, mm-hmm. I was working as a, a global sales training director for a company and one of the young um, sales uh, boys uh, says to me, um, can I book a meeting with you at 8am tomorrow before we start? I just want to, I said, yeah, sure. I'll be in early. Yeah, not a problem. Right. We got in there, we sat in the office and, and we had a chat. And he turned around and said to me, look, I, I really feel that I'm not at the place where I should be in my life now. I feel a bit of a failure. Um, uh, and I just don't know where, where to turn. I don't know what to do. Um, and I says, okay. He was 20. <laughs> and, it, and it fascinated me that they believed they were a failure at 20 years of age. Wow. They weren't where they wanted to be. And so... The thing is, a lot of the, the younger generation, and I'm sure I was the same with that, is you don't really know what you want sometimes. No, and um, that leads me into the first thing that, that, that I noticed in sport was that champions have complete clarity on what they want to achieve. Um, they have total commitment and they, have, uh, and, and they actually make, they create simplicity around it all. Mm-hmm. I think I found that when I was at the lower levels of, of the rankings of, of sport at the time, I was overcomplicating everything and thinking about everything. Mm. Um, whereas you've got your world champions here who are clear on what they want. So first and foremost is clarity. Um, being, you know, setting that goal uh, for what you want to achieve. And you should be able to do that in sales as well. So many people don't do it in sales. It's getting absolutely crystal clear on right. what you want to achieve first and foremost, getting complete clarity out of it. And interestingly, and, and we've been speaking about this um, in the past, was the... I found something very fascinating about goal setting when I looked back at my life. When I was in um, high school and I was sitting next to a girl one day in in one of the classes, she had said to me, she said, Stephen, what do you want to be when you leave school? And I said, well, that's easy. You know, I I want to be a professional sportsman, you know, professional Mm -hmm. snooker player. And uh, she said, oh, great. I said, what about you? And she said, well, I want to own my own dance school and, you know, train uh, young kids how to dance and stuff. So she achieved that. And I believe to this day that she's got a dance school and her daughter was on, I think it's Britain's Got Talent or one of those big shows on the TV. Right. And I achieved mine. I became a professional snooker player. Right. And the difference with the world champions that you see is, what do they want to be? They want to be world champion and world number yeah. one. Yeah. They wanted to win five world championships, seven or yeah. eight, and then, you know, build this life and create this life. For you. I can see what you mean. So isn't it interesting that, when I became, when I achieved my goal, there was no passion there. Right. 
Right. I didn't, well, you know, and I'm not saying that maybe what it is, but it's, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Um, as far as commitment goes, that's another big, big thing that I guess I made all the mistakes that you, you'll know from, you know, past sports people. How many sports people do you guys know, Wes and, and Chris, where you, you see them when they're younger and they think they've got talent? They've got talent. You know, they, they could make it to the, the big leagues and they never do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mistakes that, you know, that I've seen in the past was, you know, include myself, was that you start to go out when you're at that, that age, you go out partying instead of the That's dedication, important. the drink, the alcohol, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the committed don't. Right. And <clears throat> here's, here's a good thing that, that to share with any of the listeners and all the listeners out there is that if you're going through a tough time at this point in time, no matter what the shit is that it's throwing your way, um, you know, let's just say you're trying to make it online and, and entrepreneurship and, and, you know, you hear of all these people that are doing really well and you do your first um, uh, webinar and one person shows up or it doesn't work or whatever, one, yeah, right. yeah. Well, whatever it is that you're going through, just make a pack, you know, draw the line. Like, this is a story of what, what happened with me. I, I drew the line and I just said, do you know what? World, I don't care what you throw at me. I don't care if this continues to not work for months or years or whatever. Until I'm 80, I will still be going. So I am fully committed. Right. I'm burning the boats and then that's it. I, I am ready. And I think when you actually make that statement to yourself and yes. absolutely commit, um, there's a sense of it's peace within you. You know, it's like, yeah, you're just going to do this. Thing. And I think yeah, it, you're, you've already taken that first initial step and you've already accomplished that and you're recognizing that achievement. And when you're self-recognizing that achievement, you're ready to now move on to the action steps of what it's going to take. Do you, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge yeah. shift. When you move over to the action steps and what you need to do to get there, now it's all about achieving that outcome very specifically. And so it doesn't matter what happens each and every day. That's just another obstacle. It's like, I'm just going to blow this, the shit out of you if you stand next to me. I'm, going, I'm prepared to do whatever the fuck I need to do to get to that outcome. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me because I've already said to myself, I'm committed to getting to that outcome, whatever it takes. Exactly. It's a classic... Classic oh. title, isn't it? Get rich, die trying. Or, right. or, you know, I'm going to achieve this or die trying. So you yeah, might just, as well, the, right. the, you know, the universe might as well come my way now because right. I ain't stopping. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's gotta the one thing. To, you gotta be, got to be prepared to die at that point. Yeah. Like, it's almost like that, that. I know it sounds awful, <laughs> but it's true. Like I'm prepared to die every day until I, I get to the outcome. If it's not going to get me the outcome, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And people, heard, sometimes um, in life they do that. Wait, go ahead and please allude on a little bit more. On that, please. So on that, I'd heard, um, I think it was Peter Vug one day talk about um, make your decisions through your standards and goals, not your emotions and feelings in the moment. Mm, And that's such a big thing. And I remember listening to the audiobook of David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me. And, uh, you know, it's that similar mentality. Like, And I love the mentality that, that we flip, that Goggins flips, whereas if you don't want to do something, but you know it's the right thing to do. You do it and you earn. I think he says it's like the cookie jar. You earn a cookie, you know, yes. but I, I call it the, the, the golden coin, if you like, because I used to play games when I was younger with the little golden coins, you would collect them. But that's what it's about. It's about, look, I don't feel like, I'll, I'll, example this morning, I didn't feel like running this morning. Right. You know? right. It's a beautiful day. My knee was a little bit sore. I couldn't really be bothered, but I knew I had it in my schedule. So I'm going to run. Mm. You know, that, that's it. You know, and I, I collect that little mental gold coin, if you like. 
So I, I thought that was, you know, for clarity, for commitment, that's another really, really good um, statement to make for yourself. Just remember to make your decisions through your standards and goals, not your emotions and feelings in the moment. Beautiful. And, um, Stephen, would, would you say that when you were, when you were playing snooker professionally, yeah. would you say you were more committed to, you know, for example, getting to that world championship or even just getting to the professional level? than even you were on the day-to-day process like do you feel like now you're more committed to just the process than even when you were a snooker player that makes sense 100 percent, Wes. 100 percent um and and that's one of the things these are all the mistakes that what i'm going through and and sharing with you is is the mistakes i made as a professional sportsman you know because i had talent there was no doubt i had talent um Mm -hmm. but as you get older and 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 you're you're starting to if you don't control this yeah, it's over. And, you know, you've got nothing. And and what you just mentioned there was one thing that, that I would say is another big thing. And that is that the, the real winners, the, the real psychological, the, you know, the, the elite of the elite and the strong mental people focus on themselves, mm-hmm. on their game, just as you said, Wes, on the process of getting better and mastering their craft rather than others. Yeah, they don't care. So, we don't, we don't so, care. You know, we don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care. I don't care. If it's not going to help me, I don't care what they're doing. I'm not really paying attention. I'm tunnel vision. Every once in a while, I'll peek over there and see how fast I'm moving. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) like, I learned this from one of my mentors years ago. You're going on a plane, right? And you're about maybe, I don't know, you can still see the bottom. You still see the ground. So you got uh, indicators on the ground that you can see how fast you're moving. Well, when you're flying in a plane and you're looking right through the windshield, you don't realize how fast you're moving. Yeah. That's yeah. that tunnel vision is. And then when you look down, you said, oh shit, I'm moving pretty fast. But you don't realize it. That's, what's, that's what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. You can't look down. Only look down to see how far, fast you're moving and how far you came. Be proud of yourself. That sense of, that's an accomplishment. Every day that you win, that's an accomplishment. Be proud of yourself. You talked about that cookie. Right, that yeah. taking that took. No, I went. I didn't feel like running today. Fuck this shit. I don't feel like it. But you go in and running. That's a sense of accomplishment. You're like, okay, great. I still did it because I didn't want to. That's overcoming your mind. Yeah. That, that voice in your head is saying, oh, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to quit on yourself. And that's a met- whole mentality right there. I'm going to die until I get to the outcome. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe this morning when you woke up and you said I had to go running, it's not really a huge negative consequence from not going running. But is it with your mind? It's huge. Yeah, and that's what, what I noticed with world champions. They're not focused on everybody else. They, they're focused right. on the game. They're focused yeah. on mastering their craft. And when I was a professional, I would look at the draw that it was put up on a wall, and I would be thinking, "Oh, I've got, um, I've got to win nine matches to get to the the TV stages, and and uh, you know, and who's in my draw?" And so, so yeah. all the big mistakes. You, you shouldn't even be worried about that. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at I think it was Conor McGregor, one of the UFC fighters that said it best. He said something like, um, uh, winners focus on winning, losers focus on the winners. He yes. said, I was fo- uh, they focused on me, I was focused yeah. on history. <laughs> right, absolutely. He's focused on something bigger. Um, yeah. He talked a lot about that nothing external can ever beat him and defeat him. That's the way he looks at life. And, I've, and I really resonate with that because that's how I look at, you know, I mean, everyone goes through traumatic experiences in life and something that you're not really proud of or whatever the situation might be for you and everybody's different. When you go through something you can't control, you got to go back and 
reevaluate all the things that you did maybe indirectly that actually caused that is cause and effect world, right? So yeah. when you hold yourself accountable to something like that, you got to realize that the only thing you can actually beat me is myself internal. But if you allow anything externally to come in and penetrate your internal, that's <laughs> you're fucked. It's over. It's game. You know, it's, that's the only time you're ever going to get beat is within yourself. What is his name? Uh, was it Aldo that he beat? He got in his head so much. Yeah. He defeated him before he fought him. Like yeah. It was a, the fastest knockout. And interestingly, that fight, if you, um, you can find it on YouTube somewhere where it shows you him in the changing rooms before yes. it, doing that exact move. The exact he, shot. The exact, the exact shot that he was going to land. And he told him he was going to yes. land that shot. Yes. <laughs> he, he, so. had him, he had him beat mentality. He had him beaten before he got in that octagon. Yeah. Um, the guy's fighting um, the, tonight, the guy that won that was at BMF. He won that. What's the guy's name? Mald oh, Mald Mastodal. Yeah, Mastodal. that guy's great. Same thing for him. That one that he last year when he kicked that guy in the, in the face. Yeah. He, he had him beat mentally. And he, if you watch before the fight, he was practicing that same move there and how go. he was going to open because he, oh, he saw an opportunity. Yeah. See an opportunity with those have a quitting mind or that they're looking at pessimistic mind and they don't see that everything's possible. You need to look and say, okay, listen, I've been here a hundred million times before and I succeeded. I know exactly what I need to do. I practice it. I put myself in the right frame of mind. I'm going to attack it now, but you can't do that if you're procrastinating and, and hesitating. True. It's absolutely true. And, and if you think about confidence, well, confidence really only comes from like, that mainly comes from two, two things. Right. And confidence comes from um, experience Mm -hmm. or it comes from damn good preparation. Yes. And, um, and if, if you're focused on yourself, on mastering your craft, and you know you've put in the hard work, then you're just going out to execute the job. And um, who was it? It was Muhammad Ali. Was it Muhammad Ali said it best? There's a quote. I may be butchering it here, but there was something like that. The fighter one is lost um, far away from the witnesses behind the lines. Um, in the gym and out there on the roads long before I dance under those lights. Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's actually, I think if, if I can paraphrase that quote, I think I remember a little bit of it. It talks about um, at 4 a.m. Your mind tells you, you already lost when you didn't get up and went running and you quit on yourself yeah. a little bit. It's, it was actually a long um, interview that he did. Was it? I think someone took a, like a snippet from that and made it a quote, but it was, I actually seen that interview. He said, yeah. you, you quit on your, if you quit on yourself at 4 a.m. and running, and training and you cut it short cut corners that's when you've lost that fight so true and i was reading somewhere that if you close your eyes and imagine the best version of yourself the very very mm. best version of yourself they say that that's who you really are and yep. let go of any part that doesn't believe that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i found that very powerful um so so focus here's the main thing that we're talking about there focus on yourself about mastering your craft don't focus on others and for me that doesn't happen enough in sales because sales people focus on their targets they focus on what's going on all around about them how many days left in the month or the quarter um focus on mastering your craft i mean how many sales people out there actually um work on their questioning skills for a week just the question skills. Let, let me just master week, the question. A week? That's too yeah, long well, for people. They don't want to yeah. focus on it for, for a day. Do you know what I mean? 
they don't want to focus on it for one day. Yeah. I, I, we, and Wes can, you know, go into a little bit more detail. I know that he's going to want to ask these questions with this because this is a very important thing. Like the preparation that we go through, Stephen, you know, and Wes kind of like jump in on any time with this, the preparation that we go through the, the, um, the pre-call analysis or going into the numbers, the, those very small little details between good and great with the metrics. There's a lot of metrics that aren't cause and effect. They just happen because they're by moving parts if you don't own the company. So that's how it takes for you and for people like us going into a company that we can't control these moving parts. We need to anticipate the moving part and what, how to get around that moving part where it's irrelevant so they don't have to fix it. I'm like, don't worry, I fixed your fucking problem already because <laughs> that's how much I put into my preparation. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, how the hell do you know that was going to happen? Because I've been there before, bro. Yeah. I've been there before. I know exactly what that is. I know how to get around that. I went right past your, I guess, um, moving part that you can't control. <laughs> you, you tell me you can't control. I don't know how to turn it off. Well, yes, you do, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. That's a, and you said it best there. I mean, it's, it's measuring reassessing because right. I truly believe if you want to be a great salesperson, <clears throat> you have to be an entrepreneur. Like you have to have the mindset of an entrepreneur because it's not, a lot of salespeople are reactive right? They, they yeah. get onto these calls. They haven't done anything to prepare themselves. Right. They haven't done, like for me, I talk a lot about visualization and have that interaction. I mean, talking about putting in work to, to become great. I will literally sit there and visualize that entire interaction and ask a question and answer it back as if I'm the client and project what's going to be potential objections I can head off beforehand. And how do I frame that in order to head that off completely? And so yeah. it's just that mental work that you're putting in and so, Stephen, how much does that play into maybe what you teach, that visualization piece and preparing yourself for yeah. that interaction? For me, you know, my, my visual preparation, is that what you're asking, Wes? Yeah. yeah. And, and what you I, teach I, others. Absolutely, yeah. The, the thing is, though, with selling is that there's a big, huge chunk of this is mindset. Um, you know, if you can, I've seen people get results by just changing their mindset. I haven't no. even started on the skill set yet. So I always talk about the MSE, the mindset, the skill set, and the effort. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we can get, we can get into the, the, for me, the, the visualization and all the stuff about um, anything that the, there's real fine tunes that you can do in sports psychology that goes with sales. But even the visualization stuff, I don't mm -hmm. even have to touch on that at right. the start with most companies because I can get really into the finer stuff about, right, you know, self-hypnosis, visualization, um, you know, performance anxiety, you know, how you teach them to overcome that. But what, before you get to all of that level in the hypnotic language and embedded commands and all this kind of sexy stuff, if you like, that people love when you talk to them, oh, oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a shining, that's a shining object. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's it. It's an illusion. It, they don't yeah. understand this. It's just something that is going to attract them to do it, but none of them fucking do it. They don't want to put in the hard work to be able to experience that type of level because those are the missing ingredients to getting you to that pinnacle level. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I jumped on that, but it's just so fucking important for people to understand. You've yeah. got to put in that fucking work that today to get, to do, develop that mindset, develop that, the experience, the confidence, all the determination, the, the developing enough empathy to understand what people go through. And then you get yourself ready to get to that. Yeah. And understanding. 
you can get into the top five so uh, salespeople in your business. You can get into the, you can break through that top five with the fundamentals. Fuck yes. You know, and, and, and you know, the fundamentals is, as we all know, you know, mm. your listening skills, your questioning skills, your introduction, your tone, if it's on the phone, um, all the real strong fundamentals, you know, the, the presentation, the linking it all together. Mm. And, and I call, interestingly, I've said this for years and, and I saw in one of your Instagram stories, actually, this morning, Chris, that, that I believe you spoke about it, uh, mindset of adopter. Yes. And I've been telling people that for it's years. All positioning, it all positioning, all positioning. Yeah, it wasn't my idea. I remember reading it some, I don't know who from, um, but years ago I read that that's genius, the mindset of a doctor. And here's the thing, back in 2016, I think HubSpot done a, one of these um, statistics on the most trusted um, people in the world and salespeople were 3%. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. the top at the time was doctors. Yeah, you just so, have that, that's, that, that's that paradigm shift. That's a shift right there. You, did, you shift that mentality and act like one of those, you know, a lawyer or act like a doctor. First, you need to understand what's the situation. Exactly. You, you have well, to have- I don't, I don't know the situation. Yeah. What's your background. Very simple approach. Go ahead. Very but, simple uh, approach. So I was just saying the mindset of a doctor puts the salesperson at ease because then you ain't focused on closing a deal. You're focused on seeing if you can help them. Right. So you have a check, you go to the doctor, the doctor has to ask you a question, open question, what seems to be the problem, you know, and then off you go. And then they have to probe a little bit deeper to see if they can help you or, you know, if they need to get an expert in. Sometimes uh, they don't want your help. Sometimes they don't want your help on that because they don't want to, they don't want to say to themselves, that's the damn problem. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You get yeah, people yeah. like that or they don't, they say they want to be successful, but they're not willing to put in that work. It goes back to what we we're initially talking about. Exactly. You, you say, listen, these are the things that I identify. Here are the things that I can do to help you get there. What are you prepared to do from you getting this information with me today? What are you prepared to do? Yeah. Do you really want to go through this? It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. It's, you're going to have certain days where you're going to get up in the morning. You're not going to feel like running. You're going to have certain days. You don't want to work on this to get to the outcome. But those are the days that are going to be defined if you win or lose. Because if you don't take action today, what you end up doing is you're quitting on yourself because now you know the solution. What are you prepared to do? You see, yeah. I just completely reframe that whole situation. <laughs> for people, they have no idea how important it is right from the first call. As it's so true. First call. Well, it, uh, they'd said prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. Yes. So, and, and sales, um, it, it really to this day, um, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first launched my business, you, you make all the mistakes, don't you? As, as a, you know, your, your first Wait. business, it's just Wait. you. You're like, I'll take on anything. I can help you. I can do everything. I'll, I'll cut the price and cut it, cut it, because I need to win this. And uh, you make all the silly mistakes. But the biggest mistake I think you would make, let's, let's take sales training, for example, if someone was just wanting to launch their own, their own sales training business, was that when someone calls up for a day's sales training, it doesn't work. You know, you can't you can't do one day sales training and expect to increase your sales by twenty five percent. I mean, were you going to take a pill? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hey, here, take this pill. You'll be great. Yeah. So people need to understand that it's tell me what there is, and I'll, I'll piece something together that will get you there. But it's right. going to take time. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take a mindset shift. Um, so, so. If, if we go back to the, uh, sorry, the, you know, get off that there, but we were talking about the, the, the difference, you know, or, the, or the, actually the, 
the, the things from sport that we can look and see. Right. But there's so many different ways. There's so many different pockets and little areas right there that people just over, they overlook Stephen. Yeah. Completely. And I think that's why this episode is so valuable for the listeners. And if they can go back and listen to over and over and again, I mean, Wes, I mean, can you shine a line on a couple of things, some snippets from just from just the early part of this conversation that might help the listeners understand exactly what the hell we're talking about with those little missing pockets. Well, yeah, I mean, that, but that's the mentality because that's the right. first thing we talked about is the mentality of that, that champion or that winner. Right. And the mentality of it is basically, again, you're measuring, you're reassessing. I mean, that's a big one that we touched on there and looking at, you know, how do you, and I love how Steven put that first, get the, you know, get the foundation down. A lot of people, they, they don't even put the, the work in to learn how to ask the right questions, what those questions are, what the psychology behind them is. A lot of things that we talk about as well is what, you know, when you're asking a question, are you looking for what they actually answer or what they're not telling you? There you go. You know, and it's that emotional intelligence piece. And people forget that when, when you're communicating with somebody, because again, it's, it's a lot of people look at it as you versus them, but what I'm trying to do is get on the same side of them, right? Put myself into their shoes and start to understand what is it that's going to allow them to make the right mindset shift and into then decisions that's going to get them onto that path towards whatever the outcome is. And the outcome is never my product or service. That's just something that fills in when I'm trying to get to the, you know, that's just a part of the journey trying to get to that outcome that just naturally is going to make sense for them. And that's why I'm prescribing it uh, at that point. You touched on that. I mean, how much have you studied on any of you studied hypnosis? That was a huge NLP and those types of things. Mm. How much do you, and I know you're going to agree with, you know, a lot of what we're saying with this, with the emotional intelligence piece, how much does that play into you sharing that methodology with the people that you work with? For me, that, that would be the elite of the elite. Right. You know, that, that, that is the, the top level shiny stuff, if you like, as we spoke about it. You've got the foundation. And, and here's, the, here's the challenge that, the, 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 I mean, I'm not tarnishing everybody in the same brush, but just from my experience and what I see with some salespeople out there, is that the, a lot of the younger generation um, have grown up with instant wins and, and instant technology and, and, and they want everything in an instant. And yeah. I always said to them, look, it, a lot of salespeople want professional results with amateur application. Oh, they're not willing to, they're not willing to open or expand their mind and to think about future possibilities because maybe they have, they're in love with their, their processes within their processes. Well, let, it, let me put it another way. And I say this to a lot of them, they, they may be in a sales job at the moment, and let's just say for talking sake, they're on a, a, a very low salary band, whatever that may be. If it, I don't know what the, the salary band is these days, but say it was like 18,000 or something like that. And they come out of that job um, and then they go on their, you know, their internet, their phone and things like that. And they see Lamborghinis and they see people making a hundred grand a month. And, you know, and I've just like, set up this business yep. and, you know, uh, and so they, they feel in fear, they feel that they should be, you know, they should be making that kind of money. They feel that they should be moved further ahead of their life than where they are at the moment. And then they look back at their job that they're in and they think that's not going to get me that lifestyle. Right. Now that is true and maybe true. Um, but the real thing that they don't get, and I say this to a lot of them that I train is apply the very best to what you're doing at this moment in time mm -hmm. and doors will open. Yes. 
It's like, master your craft and doors will start to open. You'll get a reputation. People will be talking about you. You'll get headhunted. You know, if you can master sales, then you can be a very, very rich person. <laughs> that, I mean, it, sales, in my opinion, is the, the one industry where people don't realize they actually take the time to study and hone in on some of their maybe potentially limiting beliefs. Their stories are tied into certain emotions. Maybe it could be money. It could be a mindset. It could be just dedication. It could be, I don't know. I, so many different ways you can look at it. There's so many different attributes when it comes to it and being empathetic enough and then studying some of the skills like tonality, matching and mirroring. Like I talk a lot about reframing, like anchoring and framing are two beautiful skills that people need to develop when it comes to sales. That's all I do is I'm look rewiring and how I rewire someone's brain is very simple method. I'll do a lot of reframing and analogies, storytelling, and tying yeah. it back in to make sure they understand. And now I'm going to identify a trigger or I'm going to identify maybe they start getting angry with me or something. And that comes from fear. Then I ask them, what, what are you afraid of? That's where anger comes from. What are you afraid of? And when I start asking these types of questions that no other fucking salesperson has ever asked them, then they're, you know what I mean? That's how I'm able to get all the way down to the nucleus of the fucking problem. And they go, I like this guy. I trust this guy. I know he can help me because he's asking a, a lot of different types of questions that no one has ever asked me before. And I'm giving them something worth of value because people, their outcome, when they get on the phone, salespeople, they're trying to sell them something. I'm trying to change their fucking life. Yeah. That's a different outcome. Yeah. And I'm taking time that it takes that a person needs to identify they can accomplish anything they want in life. But you got to be willing to, to turn off social media, turn off oh, the yeah. distractions, turn off all these, I don't know, monetary like um, cravings that you have for yourself and understanding what is that maybe a, something you're trying to accomplish? Why do you want it? Is it going to benefit your life in what capacity? That's a really difficult question to answer if you're trying to set a goal or a target. Yeah. Like what is this going to do for your life and your personal life? Some of the skills that I learned when I was very much a beginner in sales, this is, feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but when I was learning all this stuff, I was like, damn, I said, this not shit works for me. Like all those traditional sales techniques. The, you wanna know where you can find all the sales technique books in Barnes and Nobles today? Or the clearance rack. That's where you'll fucking find them. <laughs> Because none of them work in today's marketplace. They don't work anymore. They're not yeah. going to work on the, on the levels that we're talking about. The levels that we're talking about in emotion and intelligence piece, that's where you see the top 1%. Yeah. And then if you're able to do be, become the top 1% earners in the world in sales, yeah, you can make $100,000 a month. You can make a million dollars a month. I'm, and I'm telling you, you can because it's possible. I'm, living Testament is fucking possible. Then you're going into developing businesses, merging in with different companies. Yeah. You can become a fucking Titan. That all comes the work. from there. Yeah. Comes from yeah, here and it comes from here. Right. Yeah. It's it committing in. and putting in the work. Like, and, absolutely. Uh, what is it they say in sport that, that hard work for the top elite sports players, hard work um, is no guarantee of success now because the top all work hard. Right? Yes. But, but, but the, um, they say that the hard work is like the price of admission now. Mm -hmm. to get into that level right. so then you've got to ask yourself well what is the separator yeah what makes the you know the, the best of the best the elite of the elite 
you know, that, that 1%. And they say that the separator is the unrequired work, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you can look at them all. But, but, you're, but you're not, you're not gonna, you're not going to understand what that undefined work is until you put in the work. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I know it's it doing sounds, that a little bit more. It's doing yeah. that. The thing, Chris, is I don't agree with that in sales because I think sales has still not even got to that level. There isn't enough elite of the elite salespeople. You know, you may find that in elite sport, yes. but I believe yes. that any yes. sales company. You don't have that. So that tells me that hard work and mastering your craft will be enough to get you to that top level. That, here's, what, here's what I'm saying though. That's a huge, I'm screaming it until my voice is gone, you know, all <laughs> week. But by, by the end of the week, my voice always goes. What's it tell you? Voice always <laughs> ends up going by the end of the week because I'm screaming at people. Turn off your fucking cameras. Turn off all your shit and trying to be an influencer and coming out with a thing. Go and turn it off for the next six months ask yourself really diff difficult questions and learn something new. Well, especially just COVID-19 stuff and everyone's sitting at home. If you don't come out of five times better than you were when this shit started, you're losing. And I'm giving you a little industry tip and like maybe a tip that maybe Warren Buffett would actually, if they would pay attention if he said it, do this, go learn sales, study the science behind sales, psychology behind sales. Yeah. Learn to ask these diff you know, difficult questions. Understand, was it Dr. Uh, Eric Byrne, Games We Play, that book? Yeah. Understand, that's what I mean by when you're asking questions and listening for what they're not telling you. You read yeah. that fucking book, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that's, a, that's an old book as well. That's, that's, a, that's a really, yeah, it's a really old yeah. book. Another, another one's what it was the other one, Wes, that we were, uh, we were talking about the other day. So the power, the 48? Uh, 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, 48 oh, Laws yeah. of Power. Robert Green. Yeah, yeah. And so did that, that book right there, I read once a year. And I've read it for once a year for, God forbid, I don't know how many years, because you don't realize how important that is when it comes into play when you're looking at business. People ask me a lot of times, there it is right there. Beautiful. Right here. Beautiful. I don't know. Now my editing team, editing team doesn't have to put that up, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beautiful because that book, let alone, can teach you how to really understand that outcome is important, being very specific and clear. Because if you understand the outcome, you know how to... I guess you would say manipulate and mold what you need to, the steps and some of the things you need to overlook. A lot of people, they think they need to do it all, that hard work. You can work hard and get to a point where you're burnt out if you don't know how to leverage other people around you. Mm. That's important. When you start leveraging other people around you to pick up, do the heavy lifting for you, you can literally get to the point where you're not doing all the hard work anymore. You're working smarter. You knowing how you know how to mold and put things in certain places where you're not doing all the heavy lifting yourself. I hope that I mean, Wes, make a little yeah. bit more sense with that with the listeners. Yeah. I think that that's something a lot of people don't talk about. Well, and that's why it goes back to what Stephen said in the beginning, and that's why you need clarity. Yep, you need clarity in order to know how to mold, just for a lack of a better term, mold a situation to get you to where you're to the outcome that you're searching for. If you're not clear on the outcome. How are you supposed to then analyze, right? So right. as salespeople, we need to analyze everything. That's why we measure everything that we do. That's why we see what our results are. That's why we record our calls. That's why we listen back to them and see where, where we didn't connect with someone or connected with someone. And so you having that clarity then allows you to mold a situation or an outcome. And that's where I was talking about visualization. Is visual, then that's where it allows you to be able to visualize where do I want to try to get to that outcome and then start filling in those gaps to get there. And then, then you start looking at efficiency. 
now how can I be a lot more efficient with this? And that's where Chris is talking about. And that is where you start to be able to, to, you know, delegate, diversify and put mm-hmm. people in certain positions and whether systems or anything along those lines to help you be able to then go to that peak level level or work at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between a salesperson who does, you know, 200, 300,000 a month in revenue and a salesperson who does 2 million is their ability to do just that. Yeah. yeah. Freaking hundred percent. And I, mean, I think it was, you mentioned Warren Buffett. Um, he said the difference between very successful people and successful people is that the very successful say no to almost everything. Yes. You got <laughs> it. If you're, if you're a people pleaser, it's going, that's a hard lesson to learn. It's a hard lesson to learn. You got to be able to tell people no. And, and that's what I mean by this. Is the, you, if you want to learn how to stop saying yes to fucking everything and people pleasing, that's where it comes back to all of it. There's a lot of loopbacks in this um, recording and this, this episode goes back to what you talked about at the beginning. Clarity. That girl sitting next to you in class and she said, I want to do a dance school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And she was very specific about her goal. Wasn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. So when she went to put things out in motion and trying to manifest that business or that school and her dream and living that type of life, she wasn't really focusing on anything else other than that. Yeah. So, and that goes back to, Hey, okay. So if you as a conscious mind and subconscious, you can tap into it. If you learn how to tap into that, it's beautiful. So pay attention listeners, learn how to say no to things. This is how you do it. If it doesn't get you to the outcome, you don't fucking do it. Yeah. If it's not going to get me to the outcome, if I need to become 1% better tomorrow, or if I need to get, if it's going to slow me down and prevent me from getting to the outcome, why are you doing it? Who cares? That's where discipline, like, well, I don't really do well when I, I have um, some time to myself and I want to have a couple of cocktails. I want to go out with the fellas. I want to go out with the ladies. I want to go out with the, and have a couple of beers. Well, is that going to prevent you from getting up at 5 a.m.? Absolutely. Is that, going to, is that going to prevent you from getting to the outcome? Yes, but don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, they, they all fall into the trap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most, most people can't say no to it, and, and that's the thing. So, uh, and, and that actually kind of leads me on to the, the third thing that I, I wanted to talk about in sport. And, and we, we spoke about clarity and commitment and yeah. uh, this, keeping things simple. And we spoke about the focus on mastering your craft, focus on you, not others. The other yeah. thing was purposeful practice. Mm-hmm. So it's actually like that. And that goes hand in hand with the, the master in your craft. What are you actually doing? So not turning up at your sales job and going through the motions of, I hit the phones at nine and I'm there at 5.30 or whatever. I've got a few right. demos booked in. I've got this and that. But purposeful practice. If you are going to, if you've got some spare time, what, what are you using it for? And are you analyzing as, as Wes, as you said, are they analyzing their calls? They really listen to them. Not because a manager dictated it but because right. they dictated it because they want to master it and what do they need to practice purposefully so if i go back to my snooker i remember my father telling me when i was about 16 and i'd left school he says you need to treat this like a job nine to five and i thought oh okay so i would go down to the club True. the local snooker club and i would play nine to five but i wasn't thinking about what i'm trying to do I was just hitting them, you know. Yeah, you know. Just, yeah. yeah. Just there was no purpose behind it. Yeah. And right. I remember some days thinking, looking at the clock and thinking, I better not leave early because it's not five yet. 
<laughs> yeah, because it, it you, you, did, you didn't understand. You didn't understand what it meant. If I told you just go practice, you, you, there's a lot of things you could practice. You got to be specific. Yeah. It's like, okay, what do I need to work on? A lot of times, what is it? Um, and I know this was a last dance that Michael Jordan thing. He was like called his trainer. I was like, I need to work on this. Like he was playing the Pistons, got his ass beat by the Pistons physically. Well, he, that whole summer, all he did was train and get bigger and just stronger. Yeah. And then he'd be able to withstand that whole season and dealing with that type of series. Do you see what I mean? That's very specific. You're looking for explicit knowledge in that type of situation. So I need to learn how to hit that ball in that angle, that precise angle for me to hit that ball there so I can anticipate that next play. That's hard for people to understand that that's the, that's the purpose, you know, having a purpose behind the practice yeah. and be very specific on it. Purposeful practice. So you, so many things and, and notice that we've spoke, most of this has been about the mental side of things. Yeah. So the other things from, so that's why my company, Mindsell, actually takes salespeople and we start with the mental side of things. What is going yes. on in their head? What is their focus like? What is their commitment like? Are they clear on what they want to achieve and are they dedicated and ready to do this? Say for instance, you're a brand new rep coming into like, hey, I would like to work for you, Stephen. Like, yeah. and you walk me through like, oh, how long does that normally would take? Or is it different for everybody? It depends else? on their job role. It depends on, you know, their level of expertise and their experience. You know, I guess it's similar. If you look at sport, if you're working with an elite sports player and they get it, you know, you can do some work on it. You don't have to do right. as much as someone who's an it amateur. Changes for, it changes for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we always start with that because it's so important. And, and, I, and I felt years ago when I was getting some sales training that that was missing. That was, and I couldn't believe it was missing because I, I found that was the biggest winner for me. So it's, right. it's like working on the mindset and then it's working on the foundations as we called it. You know, the, 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 the biggest mistake, here's two of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of the time in salespeople. Number one is they don't ask enough questions. <laughs> They don't ask enough questions. And, and, oh, and he, he hit a nail right on the head on that. People just ask <laughs> enough questions to get to the next part of the script. But I'll tell you why they don't. I'll share it with them why they don't do it. Because a lot of people right. don't know why. And, and there's two main reasons for why they don't do it. First one is that they feel that it's interrogation. Right? Mm -hmm. So it, I always say to people, make it conversation, not interrogation. Yeah. And the reason how you can overcome that is by giving them the little agenda or I call it signposting at the start. What is the yeah. steps we're going to go through? So, you know, I would say, you know, Chris, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll run through a, a series of questions just to fully understand if I can help you. Right. Um, so, so you're telling them what's going to happen. And what yeah. happens is people can see the start and the finish. So yeah. they don't feel uncomfortable that you're asking them questions because they know they're in the process and this is the part that the process. Right. Um, so, 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 and, and the second reason is that they actually haven't been trained well enough that they don't kind of know the questions to ask. Right. They, they, don't, they don't know what type of context and why. I mean, the, the whole overall purpose. I mean, it needs to be an overall purpose, not just for that phone call, the overall purpose in that journey that you mentioned. I mean, how long is your, when you're doing, you're going into contracts, I'm assuming, like your yeah. company. How long is the process? You're like the mapping and a sales process within a process. I assume very similar to kind of what we're doing. Like, or well, we I tend to work with companies. I'd say the average time scale is over six months. So okay. some can be twelve months, some can be a little bit longer. Most of it is about six months. So we'll put them through, depending once again what we're dealing with. You okay. know, um, we'll put them through a six month program. Okay. Uh, and this is a question I wanted to ask with that piece. How much? Do you think from your 
professional, I guess, certified hypnotist. You're, you're a hypnotist, right? So when you get, yeah, you have yeah. to get, you have to speak in a certain tone. Did you do, do you think that that actually helps you develop more tonality and better tonality? Um, that's a good question. I haven't actually thought about it. it can absolutely. Um, mm. but I would say, I'd probably, to be honest with you, I try and stay clear of the hypnosis stuff with the salespeople because it's right. No, I'm just saying, I was just curious. I'm, I'm not saying apply yeah. hypnotism to, you know, like to sales. That's not what I'm trying to say. You don't want to, that's unethical. You're manipulating their mind. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is, is has that helped you? I'm just curious, like with you learning that type of skill, right? Of being a yeah. hypnotist. I mean, it takes every, every time I watched on TV or someone's getting hypnotized that, that, you know, it's a very small, like monotone and they go high and low and then and all of a sudden, you know, like language patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So language language patterns. patterns. That's going deeper, but yeah, the tone, it can help. Absolutely. Okay. okay. It helps yeah. with your tone. It helps with um, how to highlight words, specific words, um, uh, how to okay. change the tone for specific words um, when you're doing like embedded commands and things like that, but absolutely it can help with the tone. And, and that actually is one of the, another big mistake that salespeople make is, is I call it status alignment. You know, uh, so if they jump on a call, are they at the same status alignment as the person, the decision maker that they're talking to? Or are they a young, hyper, um, you know, excited salesperson to a very direct, um, low-toned um, decision maker who doesn't want to hear this kind of thing on the other side? Right. So you've got to get that status alignment right. And that, a lot of that is in tone. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of people, they, they approach it in a certain way because they're so excited to get somebody on the phone or so excited to try to get through the script because they need to, yeah. but it's not about the script or not about what you're needing to do is just need to connect with us. Another human being just connect. Well, that's, that's that emotional intelligence piece. It is. It is like 100%. you getting on, like you can get on, you can get on a call and think you're going to take one way and then you get on and you realize the person is, is a certain way and you right. have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to just go back and, you know, frame and set that call the way it needs to be in order to get to that outcome. But a lot of people don't do that. They're just like one sided or one dimensional. It's funny because when everybody wants help with something, they say closing. <laughs> and, and I say, okay, can you do a closing workshop? We need people to close. Teach and me I'm your thinking, pitch. Teach me wow. your pitch. You know, you know, the close is that one foot putt, isn't it? When you've done everything yeah. else right on the golf course. Right, 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 right. So um, it's not quite as easy as that. We have to evaluate everything. Um, the other thing is that it, with, with sport uh, and aligning it to this again, if you think about when we were talking about purposeful practice, if I am working with salespeople and I'm a type of sales trainer, Chris, that, that loves, if I know the industry and things, I love to jump on the phone. I love to get involved. I love to do it. It's, it's just, it's a wow moment for them to see someone who's not coming in and standing talking, but he's, it, they can actually do it. And yeah, uh, you, you put you don't realize how much the, the, the vibration and the frequency you put out in the universe when you're excited to do something. Yeah. I, people can, people can, people know and they sense if you're not excited about what you're talking about, it's a certain thing on enthusiasm, but just, it's not you being overly enthusiastic because enthusiastic, you're, you're, top performers don't do that shit. They're just extremely confident in their approach. Yeah. Extremely confident. Like we don't, like people like, I get a lot of this, I get this question a lot when I do interviews. They ask me like, what is the, what is the thing that maybe you could give our audience a tip? I really don't know what to tell you other than just being confident. In confidence, you need to be able to understand the ins and outs and being able to ask a question and not really give a shit about what they're going to say to you because you've already overcome situation possible and helped your buyer. And I use an analogy with other people, but that all goes back to what we're talking about. 
being clear about the outcome you're searching for. My outcome that I was searching for was never to become the master or never become the top 1% of sales in the world. No, that wasn't my goal. It just ended up that way because that's not my, that's not my overall goal. Do you, do you see? Is yeah. how many people, how many lives can I change with this methodology? Yeah. I'm looking to change lives. I want to change their life. I want to change everything for them. And only I can do that if I maybe investigate and diagnose the real problem. Not the problem they want to, you know, get a quick fix for. No, 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 no. I'm going to get to the real fucking problem. And that takes an, an amazing amount of skill and honing in on your craft and mm. dedication within yourself. Yeah. But you need to be, do you need someone to tell you that? I mean, that's kind of my question for you. Like, do you need, when you're hiring people, I mean, that's how much we, less than I pay attention to this is like trying to hire the personality type and that mentality first, rather than focusing on if they're good at sales or good at having a conversation. I mean, how much does that come into your decision-making when you're maybe enrolling a new person or onboarding a new person? Oh, huge amount is an attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've got it wrong in the past with, uh, you know, hiring people and looking at CVs and, and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's huge is to actually, uh, once again, it goes back to the sales game. It's mm -hmm. like sit down there and ask them questions, deep questions. You know, have they got that right attitude? You know, I, I, that's for me, I would hire on attitude. And some of my best salespeople when I ran a lead generation company were the guys who, weren't the best, they, they didn't have sales experience. Mm. You know, they didn't have the sales experience. They, they actually, a couple of them had no sales experience, but you That's could better. just tell from No bad habits. No bad habits. Yeah, exactly. They were, but you could tell from the interview that they were a sponge ready to soak it up. Right. You know, and uh, one, of my, one of the best guys I ever trained, he, he, he came to the interview and says to me, look, I'll be open and honest with you. I'm only here for potentially a year because I want to go into the, the RAF. So he was wanting to be a pilot um, for the Royal Air Force. And, did, you, uh, did you finish the conversation? Because I would have just sat there and been a mute. Uh, <laughs> I would have, I I, and he would have just, just sat there and looked at him and he, would, he was like, well, are you okay? But here's the thing. <laughs> so my, oh, here's the thing. my assistant would be there and they can <laughs> tell him that I'm not, they're not going to be hired. <laughs> here's the thing. He said to me right away from that, he didn't, he didn't pause there. He says, but I'll tell you one thing right now. He says, I will commit, absolutely fully commit for this year and I'll be your top salesperson. Yeah. I will it's just, beautiful. I just want to learn. He and, left, he, and he led with that probably, didn't he? Yeah. And, and so I thought, you know, I like this guy and his attitude. I, I'm going to, you know, if he sells me great for a year, great. Well, guess what? He never ever went into that yet. Yeah. yeah we spent about, him. I think we spent about four and a half, four and a half, That's five awesome, years man. together. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Good story. It's, I, I would have fired him, Wes, but I guess I wouldn't have, I'd just let him finish. I already wouldn't have hired him. I guess I would have let him finish. Maybe. <laughs> That's it. That's great, man. Um, so yeah, I got a couple of questions. We can kind of wrap up with this. And I, and I appreciate you staying on and, you know, meeting up to today. And I know that you're traveling this week coming up and, you know, doing things in business and whatnot. Like for the most part, I mean, how can our listeners you know, really find more about you and getting involved with your business. I mean, I know that you're working on some of your social media presence now, you know, and working on those types of things. Yeah. But how can our listeners find more about you? Okay. So, so here, here's the thing. I always done face-to-face -face training for many, many years and, and right. the online scene is pretty new to me for the past year. So they, they, we're in the process of building that, but they can find us on in, in Instagram. So it's Stephen Tierney underscore 
um, on Instagram. And uh, I've, there's a YouTube channel out there, but we've just started it. Um, yeah. But they can also go, if it's training that they need, um, they can go to mindsell.co.uk. Uh, so that's www.mindsell.co.uk. Um, and what we have done with everything that's happened here, Chris, with uh, you know the virus and everything that's going on in the world is many years I've been building up to getting this, a, a real online product that would... Um, there would be a sort of a, an attachment to training people so they could actually have this as well when I'm not there. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, but that actually adapted. So we started piecing that together the past year and that adapted into the new way of training, if you like. <laughs> so um, I'm now jumping on that live every couple of weeks um, and we've got about 50 plus um, training videos in it at the moment and we're just adding to it all the time. Um, so we're telling people, you know, if you join Mindsell On Demand, um, then we will actually, um, I open it up to, what do you need? You know, do you, right. do you, what's your biggest sticking points at the moment? And when they're a member of this, uh, they can tell us what they need through the, our private Facebook group. And then I'll go and shoot the training on it. Right. So they're, they're getting absolute access to me at the moment, um, direct access, whether that's through a private Facebook group, whether it's through the Mindsell On Demand system where they can ask me, they need help. I can point them in the right direction of the video training or we can shoot one for them. Um, and we use this in our, uh, as a backup as well for our business clients, you know, that, that go wow. one step further. So we do a lot of Zoom training with private business clients, and then we've got this to back it up as well. So there's a lot happening. Uh, but yeah, mindsellondemand.com. That's what, I mean, that, that's amazing. One question with that. Are you, how many other, I mean, are you expanding and trying to expand a little bit more into the, the other parts of the US and going into other parts of the world as well with some of the trainings, like virtual stuff with just because, you know, obviously what's going on right now with this COVID stuff. Yeah. Well, I was saying to Wes that, that, that I trained in America for a company um, with their offices in Atlanta and Scottsdale. And um, I noticed that even in America, I love Scottsdale. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I fell in love with it. Um, <laughs> promised my wife I'd take her there one day. So, yeah. so um, but what I love about it and what I noticed right away was how you even have to change your selling techniques for whatever, you know, where you are in the, in America. Oh, fuck yes. So from the oh, East yeah. Coast to the South. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And as I was listening, I was sitting to Wes before this, the, the, the owner wanted a kind of cookie cut effect of the McDonald's effect, if you like, where mm. we, we would like to have everybody trained all over the world the same way. So we know that they're doing the same thing. And interestingly, it took me 24 hours to realize we can't really do that. There needs to be some changes because some of the things that the top salespeople in America were saying in England, they were is just it different. Yeah. Is it different? Is it, is it different um, demographic in both places? I lived in both. I've lived in Atlanta and I've also lived in um, North Scottsdale, not just Scottsdale, but both of them are beautiful places. Um, yeah. um, different parts of Atlanta is beautiful, but you go, go to sky everywhere out there in Arizona is gorgeous, but yeah. Arizona is a little bit more pretentious. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously Atlanta, they have, it's a little bit more diverse when you're looking at different opportunities, like people who go to Arizona, they aren't really looking for, you know, I guess you would say like construction or working for certain things. They, it's a desert out there, man. Yeah. So yeah. They're going to have the I mean, different types of personalities. Um, but it all comes back to like, okay, hey, how can I gain more knowledge and understand mm -hmm. diversity and understanding, okay, Hey, I need to learn more about different cultures. I mean, there's another yeah. book. If you've got one of those books behind you, I've got to send you one that has one on different 
uh, world cultures, like different parts of, you know, um, and you probably wouldn't notice, but Wes is, you know, from a third world country in the, you know, in Lebanon, right? So, and he's fled, went to, went to America and him going to America and them having that, that's a different mentality. That's a whole different probably podcast episode right there, but that's a fire one. But he understands a different part of cultures. And that makes him very effective because he's been in that conversation before when yeah. he gets in, in that situation. Yeah, you have to understand cultures because yeah. you just never know what you can say something to one person that will completely offend another. Mm-hmm. And you can say something to one person that you think would offend them because it offends another, but it doesn't offend them at all. It actually makes them feel like they're your friend, right? So right. it's you, truly that it's part of sales is you're you're becoming the master communicator and yeah. and a relationship builder, and that's what you have to focus on. Right. Yeah. So, so the beauty of um, having the online training program now, and it's adapted to me, actually, it's been taking over more of the, from a, 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 a sort of backup training system to now the future of the training, if you like, where I'm jumping on live, I'm live Q&As, you know. Um, so it, it's really changed the way and that, that opens it up to the world, which is a nice, beautiful thing. So, right. Uh, it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity where you can seize on right now because, I mean, Wes, we've had conversations about this and I'm going to maybe share a little bit with you on this. What just happened with this COVID stuff and, you know, the world's not going to go back the same the way it was, okay? Everyone needs to understand that and come to terms with that. If you're not on an online space and developing that type of presence online or it goes to maybe some credibility, all that opportunity where the brick and mortar businesses are going into companies and maybe some boutique stuff, you're you're shutting yourself off with so many opportunities and now you're starting to see i saw um on as um cnbc was i saw that a lot of the landlords in this high um high rises in new york or they're cutting they're slashing their ring prices down from like 5k a month to like around a thousand a month because they can't you know what I mean? No one wants to rent that, right. that, that, because you have, you know, financial district, you have different things. Everything's crashing. Everything's going down if they're a brick and mortar yeah. business and they're not, they don't have the capabilities to be out there online because it takes a presence. It takes trust. That's a special thing with sales. So if you guys are listening to this and you're one of honing on a craft, that opportunity is growing. I'm, you know, for people like you just want to take that time and get that training in because you can blow up. We can blow up. You can yep. season this opportunity and blow up. Yeah. So, but that's, I guess I'm going to shine a light on some of the things, I guess, Wes, with, if you can wrap this one up, this has been a beautiful episode. I appreciate it so much, Stephen. That's, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Enjoyed yeah. it. Absolutely, Stephen. Thank you for uh, coming on. Everybody, you know, definitely one of those episodes where you want to listen to it a couple of times. His name is Stephen Tierney. Make sure you're following him on Instagram, uh, mindcellondemand.com. That's sell with a C. Uh, mindcelldemandondemand.com make sure that you go to that and and check them out phenomenal person and really takeaways from from this episode you know pay attention to the mentality it's the winning mentality for all of you who, who watched michael jordan's documentary you guys know all about what that means and there's so much that comes through when it comes to relationship between sports and and sales and in business as well and if you can adopt the mentality and start to focus on yourself you'll notice another version of yourself that you never even thought was possible and get to a place in life that you never thought was possible. So again, Stephen Tierney, thank you so much for being on. Make sure you follow him and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Look forward to it, Wes. Thanks. Oh, best, beautiful. Thanks so much, man. Hey, when you get in town in London, you take me and go play snooker, man. Show me some stuff, right? So <laughs> I, I, I love I love snooker. Like the it, amount of talent that that takes and it, effort. We can, we can play for money, Chris. 
So here's the thing though, don't tell me that because I'll go find one of those professionals and then have him play for me and then I win. I'll, I'll, you, can't, you can't hustle a hustler, man. Okay? <laughs> hey, can I, can I share one last thing with these guys? Please, 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 um, absolutely. Because this, I learned this last week, and it's so true. I learned it from one of my mentors, Peter Thompson. And he said, uh, in one of his videos that I was watching, he said, um, it's talking about goals. And it's talking about people who are struggling to achieve their goal in life or whatever they're aiming for. And um, uh, Peter said back in the 80s, he was watching um, Argentina play England in the soccer game. I'll say soccer, Chris, you know, for you there. Yeah, football in the UK. And... Um, <laughs> He said that uh, Maradona was this, you know, star that had came over just obviously a few years before the World Cup in 86. Um, but he was still very well known and everybody's eyes were on him. And he said that they noticed that every time he got near the goal, he would get chopped down. He would mm. get hacked. You know, the players would be all over him. Four of them would take him down and stuff like that. And he kind of had this moment when he was thinking, he called it the Maradona principle. He says, every time you're getting closer to your goal, Every time you're near that goal, you're, you're not far away from it now, something's going to come along that takes the legs away from you and tries, Absolutely. To, you down, tries to take you out. Yep. He says, but he keeps getting back up and then he'll, he'll finish it off from right. the way a goal or whatever it is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. because And that's really important. When people go, then they go fail. You just got to get, the, it's the ones that actually really succeed is get back up as soon as possible. Yeah. And sometimes they don't do, they do get back up so fast, they don't even brush themselves off. And those are the ones that really succeed. That's what universe's way of telling you you're really close. Yeah, really that's close. it. That's exactly it. And that was like the principle. so close. Yeah. Like you don't realize how close you are to winning. And then you had that setback and they're going to go, oh, I fucking failed again. I quit this shit. That's the universe's <laughs> way of telling you you're good. Just get your ass back up. Yeah, never shown better than uh, you, you like boxing, Chris, the Gypsy King. I love boxing, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. yeah he, John he, he was out. He was <laughs> out. And he said it himself. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was not the, he was out. I, when he got hit, even when he got hit, was it, yeah, like last, like, obviously the last round, he, the way he pushed back and fought, oh, yeah, he came pushed back. him back, yeah. that's, that's what beat Wilder the next time. Yeah, you the know mental that, right? game. It's a the mental, mental game. game. Beat him when he got back into the next thing, got that next fight. He was like, "I don't, I don't want to mess with this guy, man. I don't, I, I know I have to fight him. He's got to fight him now. He doesn't want to fight him. It's over. It's <laughs> over. This guy's gonna win, man. I'm looking forward to the Joshua um, and his fight. I'm gonna look forward to. That. I'm gonna go to that one. Uh, who's he fighting? Oh, you got. He already signed Joshua. Well, Anthony Joshua and Gypsy King. I think it's next year. Oh yeah, well, if it's that that's in London, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be in London. Yeah, it's gonna probably oh, I'll London, go to that. Gonna be freaking massive. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna I'll be. Go I'm to gonna get tickets to that shit. I'm yeah, getting tickets I'll go. That. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll play for that tickets for snooker. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign up to that. <laughs> but you don't realize I'm. You don't realize Please, I'm. Like, Please, what about you? Are you coming over for a game of snooker? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, just let me know when and how much. Yeah. But anyways, but I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'd love to. Um, as I say, Chris, when my, I'm going to be launching a punk podcast at some point in the next uh, couple of months, so it'd be great to get you on there. I would love yeah. it. I'm, I'm always game, man. I'm always game.